Man, it is great to be together um, in the church. And man, it's such a sacred thing, such a beautiful thing that we don't take for granted. It's great to have uh, some of our Ecuador team back, right? Woo! And man, we'll look for some testimonies uh, next week. Be praying uh, for Clint and Maggie as they are still in Ecuador and uh, looking where their housing is going to be when they move there. As you guys know, we'll be doing some church planning there. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, and before we get into Matthew 5, 33 to 37, you know, and I said this last week, and I want to continue because I believe the Lord has a message for us to be the light. You know, dark times, it's important to have light, and the church is the light because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We and all believers that call upon the name of the Lord that believe in his forgiveness, his death, and his resurrection, and he's coming back again, Christians all over the world are, are called by God, that's his design, to spread the gospel, to be the bride of Christ, to be the church that the world desperately needs. And so I would encourage you to be a blessing and look for the blessings. A couple weeks ago, I was in, uh, my family and I were visiting uh, my family in uh, Washington, Washington State, and we were in Seattle for a couple days seeing some friends. And... Um, you know, two of them were in, in, in houses they normally couldn't get into if it wasn't for some of the things that, that we've been through this last year and a half. And they were talking about that, like, man, we always wanted to be in, in this apartment or in this place in Seattle, but normally couldn't, but God's opened up a door because of some of the things that are happening. And one of the other things that happened in Seattle that I thought was really awesome, I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, but it's not the friendliest city, right? People see you, but they don't see you. And if you wave, they often like look at you like there's something wrong with you. There was a different spirit over that city, right? All the loneliness people have went through, all all the uh, you know the, the, from the, from the mass to to the even even some of the political issues, right? And 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 like they were really closed down there. If you think we were closed down, they were really closed down, and. It was almost a shock for me where I'm like, man, I'm walking downtown Seattle and people are nice, right? That doesn't happen there. And so the Holy Spirit is doing a work. And, and my friends and I were talking about church planning in Seattle and what that will look like and praying over them. And so be a blessing, but look for the blessings because they're here. The, the church is called to do those things. Look for the blessings. They're here. Don't miss them. But then also be a blessing and share your Blessings. Amen. Open your uh, Bibles to Matthew 5 as we continue to look at this gospel. And we're going to be in verses 33 to 37. Um, the last couple weeks we've, we've talked about murder and adultery and then last week marriage. And today we're going to talk about our words and our vows. It says in verse 33, again you've heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath. But keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be your yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we need you today. In the name of Jesus, come, come into your people today, into our minds, into our hearts. Open us up to your word, to your spirit. 
For God, you have called us in such a time as this to be your bride and to send out your word and to be your hands and to be your feet. Wake us up, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, Jesus, from the Sermon on the Mount to these teachings here, remember it wasn't too long ago he was telling us, I didn't come to abolish the word, but to fulfill the word. And then he gives six teachings of common Old Testament teachings that they all knew, right? From murder to, to adultery to marriage last week. And he's like, let me show you uh, what the greater standard is. Let me show you. You're looking for commentary. Jesus is giving the best commentary ever. Let me show you what it really means by that. And how much you need the Lord, right? How much we need Jesus Christ. And today, he's talking about the words that we speak. So the first thing what we want to look at today is, is, is our words, how important they are. James 5.12 says this, above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Let your yes be your yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Your words matter. My words matter. The meaning behind them, the tone You know, people need blessings right now. Your encouragement matters. People need need hugs. Right? There's there's loneliness out there. But I think what's hard is there's because words are so powerful, we forget how damaging they can be as well. Right? Everybody has an opinion about everything right now. And because of smartphones and technology, like you don't even have to filter it or go to someone's house or be present or get a rebuttal or, you know, you know, facial expressions and communication is important, right? All these things. And so there's, there's a warning here that tells us, like, be careful with your words. And what is Jesus talking about here when he is saying, again, you've heard that it was said, to people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep your oaths you have made to the Lord. He wants to look at two verses in the Old Testament, Leviticus 19.12 and Numbers 32. And Leviticus 19.12 says, do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Numbers th- 32 it says, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but he must do everything he said. So what Jesus is talking about here, again, these loopholes, right, from murder in your heart to lust to covenants and now to oaths. So what were they doing? Right? They knew that they could not say well, by Yahweh's name, by God's name, I do this, and then break it. Right? But what they were doing is they'd say, well, by the temple's name. Anything that was sacred, they would find important things and they would give a promise knowing that they were going to break it. Because they were like, you know, like putting, crossing their fingers behind their backs. And they were using everything but the Lord's name, but important things. And Jesus calls them out on it. It's like your words don't matter anymore. You're breaking vows. You'll give promises that you intend to not keep. Isn't it interesting, right after the covenant teaching, then Jesus gives a teaching on our vows. 
And again, his audience throughout all this are the people that are following in the big crowds, but who he's pointing to is the religious leaders. So he, he can be speaking to us now as the church from murder in our heart to lust, right? It affects the church all the time. Covenants, how important they are. And now our promises. We are called to be set apart. Right? If we are a light that is to be shown, like you're important, it's why we meet. It's why we meet and we believe it's sacred. It's important. You are important. Every single one of you here today. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He sees you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires, your pain. And he's got a plan for you. And we're to be set apart individually and together for the gospel's sake. I want us to, to look in Judges 16, verses 17 through 20. We're going to just quickly look at a, a judge over Israel named Samson, who was called to be set apart before he was even born. And he had a Nazarite's pledge that he would look different, he would be different, and then he had some empowerment. But the problem with Samson, his whole life, and if you, and if you know the teaching on him, he's not set apart. He does what he wants. And right now in this setting, he's with a woman who's not his wife, and they're in bed together. And she constantly is asking him what the secret to his strength is. And he lies to her. The, the Philistines come upon him. They can't take him. And then, and then it happens again. It happens again. And then finally, because she's nagging at him so much, words matter, <laughs> right? He just breaks down. Like, have you ever had a time when you're just like, would you just be quiet? Like, whatever you need, right, as a parent, right? right? Your kid's like, okay, whatever you want. That's not good parenting by the way, right, but there are times when like, I'm like, honey, seriously, like McDonald's, let's go, let's go, let's just quiet him down, right, this is obviously a step up on that, but there, there is this warning of just like, again, words matter, your character matters, right, we want to look at this in Judges 16, verse 17 through 20, and it says, so he told her everything, no razor has ever been used on my head, because I have been a Nazarite, Set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. And when Delilah saw that he told her everything, she, sh she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more, he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. And this is the important part. Verse 20. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. If you want to look at Samson, this strong man, this judge over Israel. And there's a message of God's grace. Because God uses Samson Although Samson doesn't want to know God until everything is taken from him. And there's a message here to the church that God says, I love you so much. I'll let you be broken down sometimes. I'll let death and sin affect you. Because sometimes you walk around spoiled and you say my name but you don't know me. 
that's where there's some blessings during this time. Some, some freedoms taken away, some hardships, right? I don't like those, you don't like those, but there's some blessings in it. Why? Because we can just get used to just how great things are here and how many blessings there are here. We can be like Samson and say we know God, but not know God. Like, I love Jesus, but I hate his church. We talked about that. It doesn't work. I love Jesus, but I don't read his word. Right? You're in a relationship with someone. Like, listening to their words matters to them. Hello, husbands, right? It matters, right? Not being on this, the whole, like, what'd you say? What? Right? It matters. Like, God's word through his word, it matters. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And would we not be like Samson? He says, yeah, I'm set apart, but I'm not. We're set apart because the blood of the lamb is upon us. He has saved us. He has cleansed us. Right? It's why we shout for joy. It's why meeting together out of obedience to worship him is sacred and it's beautiful. And so I'd encourage you, don't miss this time. Don't miss this time to seek his face to be a blessing. Such a time as this, the Lord has called us to be his bride. And in the teaching of today's message, as we go through this letter, the Lord is saying, your words matter. In a world where people just, they don't think about it, they just text it. Right? We're the expert about everything. And as a pastor, I've got to be careful about that because I have strong opinions. I, I, I have passions. Right? And people ask me also, well, you know, should I be vaccinated? Should I not be vaccinated? Right? I say, are you going to ask me that same question when your car needs to be worked on? Hey, Ron, what should I do with my car today? No. Right? Maybe you should go talk to someone from the medical field, or someone that's a Christian from the medical field, and then seek the Lord. Like, I don't know everything about everything. Right? Amen? Right? There's a, like, we've got to be cautious. Like, and the Christian's like, oh, I know Jesus, so I know, I, I know everything. No. And I'm going to post it. No. Right? What is the Lord saying here? Is he saying not to, take, to make a vow? No. He just talked about marriage. Right? You're, you're in a covenant marriage with your spouse. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm with you no matter what. We're in a covenant with the bride of Christ. It's one of the reasons why we don't have membership here. We think membership is okay. But we don't have it. Because we, we know that you're not in a covenant relationship with Emmaus. God might call you away. Right? But you are in a covenant relationship with the bride of Christ throughout the whole world. Right? That, the, it, the church matters. And again, they were swearing or giving vows to important things, but thinking they had found the loophole because they were not swearing by the name of the Lord. And Jesus reminds them as he's going through, man, I own the temple. I own every hair on your head. Right? I know, like, you, Jesus is saying, there's no loophole. I'm God of everything. And that your words matter. God's people, your words matter. So what happens when people cannot rely on your word? As an image bearer of the Lord. As a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What happens when they cannot rely on your word? Right, we live in a world that, you know, banks don't rely on your word when you say, hey, I promise to pay that debt. Right? They ask for some collateral. You have to sign some things. You have to be liable. Why? Because human nature, 
human nature is like, well, I'm going to say it, but you probably can't believe it. But Jesus says, you as Christians are to be different. That when you say it, your yes is your yes, your no is your no. You don't say, well, now I really mean it. And before I didn't. What happens in a relationship when words don't matter? And I love something that we can, you know, when we talk about generations, we can look to generations before us where words mattered, right? Where promises mattered. When you're yes, if, you know, I grew up like in a generation, my dad loving John Wayne, right, and Westerns. And my dad would teach me, if you say you're going to do it, do it, right? It's important. Words have power. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Right? We know from the word of God that, that the Lord spoke it out and, and he created the heavens and the universe and everything. And you're created in his image. Your words hold value, so be careful with them. Right? There's, there's, there's even myths out there that people often think are true, but they're not. Why? Because words are powerful. Maybe, maybe your parents told you this. I know mine did. Cracking, cracking your knuckles will, will lead to arthritis. I just found that out this week that that's not true. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't ask me about medical stuff. Right? So my mom told me, and I believed it. I'm talking to her later. Right. If you swallow your gum, it will take seven years to digest. I, I knew that was baloney. Right? But that's, some people, don't swallow your gum. and it won't, No, it'll digest. Eating carrots will make you see better. Some of you still telling your kids that. Right? There was a time when truth in the news mattered. And this next generation, we've got to be cautious with that. And there's a reason why sources matter, truths matter. Right? And I'm not talking about political things. For us, the word of God, the people of God, we must do better. Being on time, paying your debts, buying something just to return it, knowing that you intend to return it the whole time, you find the loophole. Be careful with that. I'm not calling people out. <laughs> but Right? We've all done that at some time. Someone's elbowing, like, here you go. Like, words. I'll be there in a second. That phrase can be a few seconds. It can be five minutes. Or it can be, like, 45 minutes. Right? Just like the phrase, well, I'm just around the corner. And for me, right, because I'm just, like, OCD, literal, like, okay, they're around the corner. Okay, that was ten minutes ago. Like, well, right, words matter and knowing what people mean. Your yes and your yes, and your no is your no. Do you work hard when the boss isn't watching? And so it's not just about words, it's those actions. Oh, the boss is here, so I'm working hard. Oh, he's gone, so I'm just chilling, but still taking his money. Can your spouse rely on your words? Your kids, can they rely on your words, your friends? Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. It's not what the world tells us, is it? Have an opinion about everything now. 
And sometimes we as Christians get caught up in that. And God is saying, yeah, your words matter, so seek me before you speak them. They say most people speak about 7,000 words a day. Some people much more than that. They say that you have 60,000 thoughts a day. And 80% of them are negative. They say that kids hear, on average, 400 negative words per day. And we live in a world that just throws words out. That never give our thoughts a rest. Never give our spirit a rest. Pascal said, kind words do not cost much, yet they accomplish much. Now, the second part we want to look at today in the time that we have are the words that we hear. As we're talking about communication. And Jesus wants his people to keep their word. That their yes would be their yes and their no would be their no. That we wouldn't try to find the loophole in our promises to each other. And in that, your words matter, but also your listening skills matter. Why? Why is it important? James 3, 7 through 12 talks about this, just the power of our words. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And this is a passage that always hits me. What is God saying? The things that we flippantly say about who's ever in charge or who's ever famous or whoever struck down. Like the words, and I am an opinionated person, and my words come quick. And this passage always cuts me to the bone. What is James saying? They're an image bearer of God. So be careful how you speak about them. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. All right, we have to be careful what we speak, but also what we hear. Last week, my, having some family times, and I flippantly just said to two of my children, you know, your other sibling that's not here, who's not as much into sports, she's the most athletic. That did not go over well. For the next 30 minutes, they were showing me how more athletic they were than their sibling. Right? And I'm like, I didn't even mean, like, well, what, they, what I said and what they heard were two different things. Dad wasn't careful with his speech, and now I've got two children just like, I mean, I'm talking for days. Well, you said. Right? And then, the, yeah, just craziness. Your listening skills matter. You hear a statement that was not meant to hurt, yet you feel hurt. Or you hear a bad tone or insult why others don't. You don't believe people anymore. You hear the put-down and things not meant to be a put-down. You know what I'm talking about. And there is real damage in living that way. And it's important to work on your words, but it's also important to work 
on your listening skills and your heart. Because it won't matter what someone says, you'll always find and look and seek the insult. In a church body, you will have people who are real casual with their words, and they will say, get over it, or learn to take a joke. That's just how I speak. Right? And, I, and, and sometimes they're, be, they're, they're being nice about that. It's, hey, I'm, I'm not meaning to be a jerk. Sometimes they become too callous with it. Just learn to take a joke. Just get over it. And what they're saying is my words don't matter. Like, think about that. But then you'll have those people mixed with people who spend all day and all night surveying what they said that day and what was said to them. And this can be a recipe for disaster. That can happen for spouses, right? If you have one spouse that just, man, they're just kind of mean with their words. And then one who maybe, it doesn't matter what you say, it's, it's going to be pain to them. And it's just, it's explosive. So be careful with your words, but also be careful what you think someone said or what they meant. C.S. Lewis said this, don't use words too big for the subject. Don't say infinitely when you mean very. Otherwise, you will have no word left when you want to talk about something infinite. Right? Look at two verses, James 1.19 and then Proverbs 18.2. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That speaks to everybody in the room. From the quick speakers to the slow listeners. I've been, I've been in rooms, again, where, where, you know, counseling sessions with people. It doesn't, like, your heart, it's been, it's been hurt, it's been damaged. There's some therapy that needs to happen there. And until that happens, you will always hear the insult when it wasn't meant to be. You'll always be quick to be angry. Do you see what someone said? Do you see what they wrote? In fact, I've, I've, I've Try to be off Facebook and social media as much because as a pastor, I realized that someone would write something and then I would have a view about them that made me a really bad pastor. So you know what? I just can't look at some of these things. I want to have real conversations with real people and give them the benefit of the doubt. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing his own opinions. Could this not be more true in the world that we live in? And the message that God is telling us today is like, the church, you're to be different in this. You're to be different in this. We gaslight the people around us, even our own minds. We live in a world that says staying silent is wrong and weak. And at times saying nothing and doing nothing is wrong. But too many times we ignore the truth that God says. Be slow to speak. Not because you won't have something to say. But when you do say something, he wants it to come from him, from his word, from his truth. Be quick to listen. Because God is speaking all of the time. And he's bringing people in your life to speak into it. That doesn't mean that you take the words and just run off with it. You need to put those words before the Lord. God tells us to be slow in our speech, slow in our judgments, and to not just follow whatever our flesh wants. 
Winston Churchill once said this, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. So we are called to be in prayer and intercession. Why? Because our hearts can get really tainted. I don't know if you, you know, if you've got a smartphone, right? Most of us probably do in here, right? On mine, if I go to the left, there's all sorts of these news outlets. And they sell pain. And sometimes I'm addicted, right? And I'm just like, oh, life is so good. Like hanging out with my family, going to church tomorrow. Let me let me swipe left. Oh, did you hear? Oh, right? And it just comes consuming. And you think everyone's out to get you. And all you hear is garbage because all you take in is garbage. And you don't give people the benefit of God working in their life. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So look for the blessing. Be the blessing. God wants this church body, as every church body, to be closely knitted together. Kind with our words. To know one another, that you're giving someone the benefit of the doubt. So like, if, if I'm to, to hurt you with my words and you're to hurt me with your words, I love you enough that I, you know what, I don't think they really meant that. What would, the, what would, what would your life look like if you were hard to offend I'm not talking about dense. I'm not talking about hard-hearted or that you don't care what anybody says. That's a danger in itself. But you love people so much in the body of Christ that you realize that they need grace. You realize that they need understanding. Or just maybe what they said was not meant to harm. Maybe it was meant to build up. I thank God that some of the greatest men and women in my life told me some hard things. I and mean, because I knew they loved me, they didn't speak harshly of me. That when they had some constructive words, I was like, I think you're right. Be careful with the quick compliment. Also be careful with the person that's close to you that never has some criticism. As we close today, we give the Lord our speech, our promises. Why? Because we live in a world that breaks them. Right? And, you, and, and, and again, you need grace in that. You're going to unintentionally break some promises. Let it be unintentional. You're not going to always follow through. Let it be unintentional. Right? And then someone knows that your words matter. Why? Because we live in a world that doesn't care about covenant or promises or truth. If you were to be the light of the world, you can't live that way. A couple questions as we close today. Guys, it's actually four today as we're up in the game. Number one, are you careful with your words? There's a warning and there's an encouragement there. Are you careful with them? Do you spend time in God's word? You know, as, as we look at this, right, as we look at social media, as we look at the news outlet, they affect your speech. You know what else affects your speech? The word of God. 
from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Are you careful with your words? Are you spending time with other believers and in the presence of God? Question number two, do you lift up people in the Lord or do you break them down? People this last year and a half in this church, outside of this church, again, like going in downtown Seattle and seeing people actually being friendly and how refreshing it was. People need your encouragement. Do you lift people up in the Lord or you break them down? And what do we see? So much breaking down. Third question. And this is an oh ouch rather than an oh amen for me. Do you listen more than you speak? Do you listen more than you speak? Sometimes my wife and my kids need me to listen. I'm like, Dad, you weren't even listening. Right? Sometimes even friends in this church are like, dude, I can't even tell you're listening. Like, do you listen more than you speak? If you're if you if you talk for a living or, or you speak and teach for a living, you know like this is probably something you have to work on. And the last question and challenge. And I think this is the most important one because it puts everything together. Do you see the world through the lens of Jesus? From your speech to your listening to the transforming power that God has when someone surrenders their life to Jesus. Right? As we look at every person and everything through the lens of Christ, we do that with hope. Because he is the redeemer of all things. Right? He, he calls us to a heavenly home. Right? So as we go through all this stuff in this world, believers are meeting together and worshiping the Lord and being powered by his Holy Spirit because we know this isn't game off, this is game on. Right? Lord, every day closer is another day closer to God's second coming and there's some excitement in that. And when we go through dark times, there's some excitement in that because it was, okay, God, this is what you have us here for. This is why we're not home yet. Like, you're so good, but this is why we're not home yet because you want to spread your good through the body of Christ. And so would we see the world through the lens of Jesus. And in there, there is so much hope, so much love, so much grace and goodness. You guys could stand. We're going to spend some time in worship before the Lord and his Holy Spirit. And let the Lord do what he's going to do in us. Saying, Lord, mold our minds and our hearts so that our speech would be a blessing. That we would communicate well and we'd be ambassadors of the Lord. If you need prayer today, there are people in the back that would love to pray for you. You're not alone. There's also communion in the back if you would like to take that as well. Father, Lord, we love you and we praise you. For you are good and you are holy and you are worthy. And when we listen to your word this morning, that we'd be careful with our speech. That we'd filter it through the word of God, through the spirit of God, through the love of God and through the lens of Jesus Christ. For there are times when you want us to speak not on what we think or our opinion or our behalf, but on the Lord's behalf. When our loved ones and our friends and our community know that when we say something, we mean it, whether it's yes or whether it's no. 
God, give us better listening skills. God, I pray in Jesus' name for those that walk around with a damaged heart and an offended heart. Doesn't matter how nice someone is or how great their speech is, they, they just hear damaging words. Would we, yes, be careful with our words, but would our hearts, would our hearts be clean? And would we be careful with the character of what we think someone said or what we think they meant? And would we care enough to ask what they meant? Would we care enough to not so be easily offended? And quick to anger. Father, Lord, give us, give us the vision of the Holy Spirit. That we'd see things through your word, through your truth, and through your promises. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.